Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Hey everyone, happy interview day. This is Jess. Happy interview day. It's a Friday for us. I don't know when you're listening. Hopefully you're listening right away. I'm Jen. Welcome to Fat Mascara. Welcome, welcome. So very happy to introduce you all to Julian Reese. Julian has been on our radar for some time. I've been hearing about Julian for a while because he's behind a lot of really cool, very innovative brands. But really he's somebody who is just 
got his finger on the pulse of what's happening with beauty around the world. He's a true innovator. He's somebody who is tapped into a lot of what's happening in beauty and the tech space and just really how retail is changing around the world. Yes, we're going to talk about shopping. Let me give you a little background on Julian in case you're not familiar with him and his company, which is called Super Ordinary, a startup he launched in 2019. He's also the co-founder of Skin Laundry, something you might be more familiar with. That's the chain that provides quickie laser facials. So he's here mostly to talk about Super Ordinary. And like I said, you might not have heard of that, but you've definitely heard of the brands they work with, like Olaplex, Honest Beauty, Sunny's Face, Physician's Formula. Oh, Shani Darden, who I was just talking about on Wednesday with her cleanser. Basically, what they do is they help connect brands with creators and influencers around the world, especially in China, where beauty products are often discovered and sold via live stream channels that are hosted by shopping influencers. So if you're one of our listeners who's in China or another country where live streaming shopping is popular, you know, this shopping model is nothing new to you. But here in the United States, there's only been some like small scale versions of this type of shopping. And so Jess and I aren't as familiar with it, and we really wanted to learn more. So Julian's going to help us with that. And he's also here to talk about a new tech tool that his company is creating called Gala Gala. That's going to help regular people, like literally like non-influencers around the world, make a little money if a product they mention in some of their social content goes viral. I love that like democratizing bit of this whole influencer culture. So I think that's really cool what he's doing. So he'll share more about himself, his company. And yeah, give us a look at beauty shopping around the world and a sneak peek into the future of beauty as well. So Julian, thank you so much for coming on Fat Mascara. I've been wanting to interview you for a while. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on your podcast. Awesome. So let's like, let's just kind of like set the stage. What is super ordinary? Like, how do you explain it to people at a cocktail party? So, so it's a, it's a really interesting question because I get asked it all the time. And, you know, my background is not traditional, especially in the beauty industry. So just to take a step back, my, my, my career started in finance and I've always seen myself as like a problem solver, um, thinking about hard problems and how to solve them. And when I think about the beauty industry, I was shown the the China market, um, you know, many years ago. And I've always believed that if we could connect creators, consumers and brands together, there's a really interesting white space in that business model. And that's what really what Super Ordinary does. So whether the brands are operating on Amazon or in China, where the consumer is sitting on its website where the creator is making content, it's our job at Super Ordinary to make it really easy for those consumers to find those brands. So Super Ordinary operates on multiple marketplaces around the world with many, many brands helping them reach their their consumer. Can you like say it even simpler? <laughs> like I say know. it. I was like, wait, I'm still not sure I get it. Wait, say say it say it like even like in crayon. So like, wait, why? <laughs> what is the white? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, like, I, I know. What is Don't the white space in, like, what is the white space? Yeah, like, wh- where did that light bulb go off? Yeah. Yeah, so the the light bulb was really when I was in living in Hong Kong, and I noticed that there were many brands that were available in, let's say, Sephora in the U.S. that weren't available okay. in, in Asia. And I asked myself the question, like, why? Like, these are some of the best brands in the world that, you know, we all know and love. 
But if you walk down and you're in Shanghai or in Beijing or even in Hong Kong, many of these brands weren't available. And I really didn't understand why. So that was the, that was the, the question in the white space was, you know, why doesn't someone bring these brands there? But really to, to, to launch the brands in these markets, because there's no Google, there's no Facebook, there's no Instagram, where no one knows what pharmacy or Olaplex is. It could be, you know, it could be the same as Dove Soap. No one cares or no one knows about it. But it was the interesting opportunity was to be able to communicate and message these brands to the local consumer in these markets. And, you know, what I said in the beginning about bringing brands and creators and consumers together, it really applies to that. So, you know, educating the local markets about these wonderful brands and, and messaging it to them. And that's where Superordinary steps in and partners with these, these incredible brands. So these brands didn't have, like, they had no awareness campaign. They had no one to give them any entry and they didn't have any, like, advertising so to speak. Well, they, 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 most of them had zero presence in these local markets because if yeah, you think no about, presence. okay, yeah. So if you think about any brand that you know, the three of us create a brand today, and we 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 start you know mm-hmm. selling it in on brand.com here in the US, and then you know we decide that we may sell it in Ulta or Sephora, but what happens after that? Well, maybe you go to Australia. You may sell it with Mecca in Australia, but you know. Your reach and and capabilities to get it into the hands of these local consumers, whether it's in Indonesia or Vietnam or Singapore or China, it's really complicated. And I think people overlook how complicated it is. So we have employees in these local markets. Uh, We have close to 700 employees in the regions that help localize these brands and communicate to the local consumer and educate them about the, you know, the wonderful capabilities of these products that we manage. So um, it's a real value-add service. So how have I, you know, just, I don't know that, I don't know the Chinese market. So we might have some listeners who know the Chinese market very well. So you might be like, come on, Jess, but I'm just going to plead ignorance here. There are a lot of global, there are a lot of, you know, global brands that exist in China. Like, you know, Mac is in China. The Estee Lauder brands are in China. L'Oreal brands are in China. So how have they jumped through this hoop? So I would say that there are many brands that have entered China underneath, you know, the the guise of these big conglomerates like L'Oreal and Estee Lauder who have very large headcounts in the local markets. They may have, you know, five to 10,000 employees. But if you think about many of these indie brands that have been developed over the years, whether it's Supergroup or Olaplex or, or The Ordinary, many of these brands only have, you know, 20 to 50 employees in the, the head office. So if they don't have the capabilities to enter these markets. Right. So it's the, so you're helping really like these in, these smaller indie brands who don't have the headcount and the resource, you're helping them get into China because they, they don't have that, that muscle. To do yeah. on and I think get into China is, you know, we can break that down because what it means is you're bringing a product into a market where there's zero awareness. So if you were for bringing in this new, you know, skincare brand, no one knows about it. And we did that with a brand, called, you know, pharmacy. Pharmacy had zero awareness in China Within a, in a couple of years, we've made that into the second largest cross-border skincare brand in China. 
purely by building it through using local creators and local KOLs. So I think the, the, the service that we provide, it's really as we see ourselves as brand partners, the general manager of the brand in that local market, because without having our expertise to be able to communicate and manage the brand journey and the brand marketing schedules, you know, these brands will find it very difficult to survive given how competitive these local markets are, have become. I, I just want to back up for a second and take go back to the Sephora in Hong Kong that you were in. Why were you in the Sephora? Were you shopping for yourself? <laughs> That's a good question. So, I, you know, one of my little things that I love to do is I love to go into Sephora. I love to go into Ulta and just see what are the latest and greatest brands there. So, yeah, I do go and got my guilty pleasure that I go and buy products to test them. I'm a skin, I guess, skincare junkie. But you said you started in finance. So you must have a thing for beauty that goes further back than this business that you've created. Yeah. Well, I, before this, I founded a co- company called Skin Laundry, which is a skincare services business that you have in New York and LA and now we have in London and Asia. So that was the brand that I founded. So I've always been interested in, in beauty and I think it's just one of those interesting categories that has always done been interesting because even in the good times and the bad times, they've done well. So it, like the beauty index is like something that coming from the finance world, I've always been enamored how like even in a down market, beauty companies continue to do so well. Look at Ulta. Ulta, you know, we've had one of the biggest stock market crashes recently across all everywhere. And if you look at the Ulta stock it's at the all-time high. So something's happening in the beauty industry. Okay, I'm backing up even more. When you were in high school and middle school, where you were like, <laughs> I'm watching the stocks on beauty. <laughs> or did you have a personal connection at all? Did you use skincare? Is there somebody in your life who introduced you? You got to like have an endpoint somehow. Or are you purely looking at it financially? Well, I think um, I was, the, the, the truth was during my hedge fund career, I was living in Singapore and someone came to me one day and said, look, I'm starting a company and it's going to be focused on this Groupon strategy. And I was like, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, you know, Groupon. And and it was like one of these like interesting business models where, you know, you get this huge discount. And, 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 I, and I thought about it for a while and I said, well, you know what, this business model is never going to last because, you know, you're just going to degrade brands. And the lady that brought it to me said to me, you know, would you be interested in investing? And I said, well, actually, you know, the one industry that I think is quite interesting that has really high margins and a lot of repeat purchases, which I've read about, is beauty. If you do something in beauty, let me know. And she came back a month later and said, look, I want to start a beauty website. And then I said, okay, great. I'm going to be your angel investor. And that's how I got into the beauty industry. So that was back in 2011. Okay. Very different time in the beauty industry. It's gotten much noisier. I think a lot of people like yourself who worked in other industries and saw how lucrative this business could be, but for people who love beauty products, it's like, you know, there's an emotional attachment and you're a finance guy, but how do you separate out? How do you find those brands that you're like, you know what, pharmacy, that's a winner. That's going to do well overseas. Like, yeah. how do you separate the wheat from the chaff for business purposes or even for like emotionally as a consumer? Yeah, I, I think for me, I've learned over the years that, and I love beautiful products. I think I'm like, whether it's food or whether it's beauty or other things, I love brands. Um, I'm a, I really appreciate, you know, the work that goes into building a brand. Someone once told me it takes at least five years to build a brand. 
anything that happens before five years, you know, disregard it. And I've always said that to myself because I think it's true, you know, building something that's long lasting Mm. takes time. And whenever you see these brands that come very quickly around the corner and they accelerate and, you know, you're always wary of it. So how do you separate the wheat from the chaff? I think that's the, you know, the billion dollar question. And I, I actually think you always start with the product and you yourself will have your own opinion. And I think it's a really good exercise for everyone to really take the blinkers off and you know, look at the, what you have on your in your medicine cabinet or on your shelf in your bathroom and look at the products and ask yourself, do you really love this product? And you'd be surprised because sometimes, I, and I've asked this to many people, most people would say 50% of the products do they really love or do they like the brand or the look and the feel of it? Mm. Do you mean the goop inside? Like the actual, like the R&D, the goop versus Absolutely. like the packaging Absolutely. or the... Absolutely. So does the product... Does a product work? Does it smell nice? Do you want to put it on your skin? And I think I, I do this ex- experiment all the time just because I know deep down inside, like sometimes I smell like a moisturizer and I smelled one yesterday. And I was like, oh, that really doesn't smell nice to me, even though everyone tells me that it smell, it's great. It's not the reason why I, I don't have the, the final say on the, on the product because it's, you know, I'm not the, the end customer. But I think it's just a really interesting way for for anyone, it's a, it goes for everything, whether it's art, you know, do you want to put this piece of art on your wall? It may be amazing to everyone else, but do you want to, do you want to look at it every day? It's, it's that kind of, that kind of, you know, honest, honesty you have to have with yourself. And that, and sometimes I use that as a point of how to start the conversation, but you know, the products mm-hmm. like, you know, for example, like Augustine Esparta, you know, that's a product that I love and it's super expensive and I find it very hard to justify purchasing it for myself, but, you know, I love the product and I think the product smells great and it's efficacious. You know, same goes with lots of other brands that I love, but it's just one of those things that I think it's, it's always, it's a great way to start a conversation with any beauty person. So as a finance person, I find that a very interesting analogy because you know the cost of goods for like an Augustine and Spotter cream. You know how much how much it costs them to actually make that and ship it to you. And yeah. you know what the markup you're paying, and yet you're still paying it. So that right there is the emotional connection, <laughs> it, right? It, it is. It is the emotional connection. And I think I think that's what's wonderful about beauty, because the emotional connection to the brand and to the product, you know, sometimes doesn't go hand in hand. Like the product itself always, and I can tell you, I'm sure you, you guys have products that you like this for this, like this hair care, you like this conditioner, and everyone will have something different. But, you know, if you look at the, you know, how consumers shop, what I noticed in, in Asia was that the younger generation was very eager to, to discover new products. So whatever we showed them through Super Ordinary, you know, they're very willing to try. But sometimes, you know, they didn't like the scent, they didn't like the fragrance, so they wouldn't, wouldn't purchase it. But it was a very interesting way to get a lot of customer feedback. You know, we, have, we had one product, I'll never forget, which actually, when you put it on your skin, was actually quite heaty. But we didn't realize that, you know, Asian culture, they don't like heat products that make their skin feel hot. But those things that we would never have known unless we've tried it. So it's a really interesting way for us to collect data and then feedback that back to the brands. But I think that's been a good exercise. How did that sampling happen? You said they might not buy it. Are you out there like giving away free samples of 
heated face masks with <laughs> your ground team in Shanghai? I don't know. You, like, yeah. yeah, so we do, so we do. You know, I think we were one of the pioneers in the live streaming space. What you okay. read in the press about, you know, these 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 live streaming events that happened in China. We were there right at the, the get go, so we saw that firsthand, and I think that was um, something that. I learned very quickly about how the West and the East were very different and how they shop. And you know, when you when you're purchasing products in China, what we call social through social commerce, it's done when you when you log onto these platforms, you know what you're doing. You're being sold to. Whereas in the West, you go into Instagram, you don't want to be sold to. You actually are there to look at photos and other people's experiences. So. For us to test products, it was a, it was a great way because we could do a lot of promotions in a very short period of time, and there'll be almost like very high intense QVC type experiences, and would sell you know millions of dollars of units within ten seconds. Who's the big seller? Like who's this star seller that everybody is like, yes, click, I want to try it. Are there like personalities? that you think are really successful? Yeah, there's like a whole handful of them that are known in the market for doing, you know, incredible sales volumes. And, I'm, and we're talking within 10 days north of 1 billion US dollars for one person. And are they kind of, in, you know, impartial or? Yeah, so then they're, 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 so they're non-exclusive. They work with every brand that but the power has shifted because in the beginning, you know, they work with brands that approach them, but now they do, they have full product teams that do full investigations into the products to make sure that the product is a good product before that goes onto their live stream. So the market's changed considerably. The, the live streamers are very concerned and take it very seriously. It's a big business for them. Um, as you can imagine, they're, ma- they're making between 15 and 20% of that revenue. So we're talking, you know, wow. huge, huge revenue for these creators. So when people say, you know, Mr. Beast is the biggest creator in the world, I mean, I would argue, or Kim Kardashian. Oh my God, my stepson's obsessed with him. Yeah, no, I mean, I can tell you for a fact, like all of the biggest the biggest creators in, in the U.S., dwarfed by the ones in China. But that's that's how big the market is. So do you think that the US, like we're just, you know, on a delay and will eventually will eventually be going in this direction? You know, that's one of the reasons why I'm based in in the US now is because we think um, that social commerce is about always has already entered the US, but I think there has been a lot of companies that have been trying to get into live streaming here. You know, to 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 various degrees of success, and we think that the model is changing in the U.S. It's not one size fits all. We think that the omni-channel approach and social commerce approach is very different, and we're investing heavily into different software solutions behind Super Ordinary to help brands connect with their 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 fans and their consumers. So, we've made some acquisitions over the last couple of months to help in you know engage with the creator economy one of the platforms we just recently acquired is a company called Fanfix and Fanfix is a online platform for Gen Z creators to monetize that from their audience with with content it really allows us to understand who are the super fans and also be able to let the creators sell to these super fans so social commerce, I think, is probably one of the most exciting aspects in the, in the beauty industry right now. 
and where uh, over the next six to 12 months, you know, I think you'll start to hear a lot of the activities that we're going to be doing. So whether it's live streaming, you know, social commerce through different platforms, but it's really much, I think in the US, what we have focused on is how do you use creators in the most authentic way? Because as you guys know, Instagram and Facebook and Google are losing to TikTok in such a meaningful way. And everyone's, all the CMOs of these beauty companies are, have got their hands up saying, you know, this is getting hard, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to back up that, but we have something like, like if you picture QVC and HSN, let's mm. say Nicole from HSN, she's the top seller there. I'd yeah. never call her a creator, but imagine putting the power of that audience and reach and creativity in the hands of someone on the home shopping network. Mm-hmm. I just am like, culturally, does the U.S., like, is that gonna is that gonna play well? Because I feel like every time we hear from our listeners, they're just like, "I don't trust you if you make your own brand." And now you can't. How do I trust that you really yeah. like it? You're not just trying to make money. You know what I mean? It's true. Like, and that's that's certainly you know QVC was like the the godmother or godfather of the whole industry, and and I think that was an interesting learning experience because you have to ask. What I asked myself was, who is that audience watching QVC, and who is that audience watching HSN? And why, why does QVC exist? And my view with, with that was when you go to QVC, you know you're going there because you're getting value. So there's a consumer mind share that they've trained you. You're not buying a product because it's a new product and it's MSRP. When you go there, you're hit with three different, you know, sales ideas before you even, you know, it's like two for one, you know, limited time only, you know, GWP. It's all about, and that's what QVC means to me. Sorry. I would also argue though, that you're also getting intimacy and connection with those people. Like my mom knew this woman, Kathy, as like a friend when she was like watching QVC. And it was like, you're, they were like the original influencers. That's right. And I think that- for a lot of people, it is like that friendly relationship. Yeah, and that relationship's really important because I think that's where there's a commonality between China and the US is because you're on that channel every day because you want to see Kathy and you want to support Kathy and support yeah. Kathy's lifestyle. Yeah. That, that's really... Yeah, she um, talks about her kids. Yeah, no, and you, you learn about it in entertainment. <laughs> Kathy's kids need new shoes. Come on, yeah. buy the special value. Uh, no, it's just it's, like it's like it's, a buddy. Like I mean, these people are like they're they become like a friend. I mean, it's, it might be overstating it, but you know what I'm saying. No, but it's true because people will log in every day and they'll be like, "What's Kathy selling today?" And you know, it's building that yeah. relationship, yeah. right? It's like wheel of fortune. People want to go on and see the the commentator and you know have a it's it's yeah. a relationship building. But that world is you know our children. I've got three teenage boys and. They hate when I say, what do you watch on TV? And they're like, we don't watch TV, we watch YouTube. I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it. Or, yeah. you know, and they don't yeah. use Google, yeah. they use they use TikTok. Like we we go to a, went to- So we, crazy. We, yeah, we went to a Japanese restaurant the other day. I'm like, where do you guys want to go for ramen? And all three of them use TikTok to search the restaurant. I'm like, how, how, does, that, how does that work? Yeah. You know? So that's what, what we've experienced in the channels in the last six months has changed- so much for brands and beauty brands especially and this is what i think is super exciting about what you know the industry we're in right now is that we should embrace it like understand that guess what things have changed for good and how do we you know interact with that new consumer what are these changes what are some that you saw in the last six months so 
Number one, I would say that because of the movement away from Meta to TikTok, it's become increasingly harder to reach that consumer because anyone now, if they create a viral video, can be super famous overnight. So before it was going after these big creators and paying them because they've got huge followings. Now it's about the long tail of the the creator or influencer economy where everyone can create a, a video and everyone has an equal chance of becoming successful if people if it gets the algorithms make them viral. So that has become the biggest change in in, in content distribution. And that what that means to me is that you now, for, for a beauty brand, you have to now go far and wide working with creators at scale, whereas before a normal beauty brand would work with 20 to 40 influencers per month. But now how do we work with 1,000 or 10,000? So how does that work in practice? So right now, um, I think the CMOs or the digital marketing managers at beauty brands are now trying to figure out ways to work with creators at scale so that's super ordinary what we're trying to, to deliver to them is a, is a solution where they can give us a campaign or give us a product and we will farm it out to you know tens of thousands of creators that work with super ordinary we have over one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. creators that work with us and they will create content and if that content goes well you know it will help drive traffic one of the things we do also is um, we're making Amazon creator shops. So creators can open their own store on Amazon. So it, just like a brand would have their own store, these creators would have their own store. And let's say that you guys have, you know, the Fat Mascara store. We would populate that store with all your favorite beauty products. We do, Julian. <laughs> do you? I didn't know that. Of course we do. Well, well then we can yeah, start. I don't think our listeners know that either. It's just products that have been mentioned on the yeah. podcast by our guests and things okay. like that. Not like. It doesn't have like a jazzy, like, yeah. We, we can help you with that. We can totally help you with that. That's, that's, no, but I, okay. I more mean like that, that, that does exist, right? That technology is, is already here. Right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, where, where there is the difference is these creators wouldn't normally have their own store but we create that store for them. So let's say we have a... a, Oh, I see. We would create a store for an individual and then we would put 20 beauty products that they love and then they would promote that store and then they get a, a, a commission from every product that's sold through that store. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey 
Honey Love's Superpower Shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Allo Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's Joanna good. Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Hey, 
Julian, do you get down in the nitty gritty of what's trending or are you looking more macro? Like, could you tell me like, oh my God, what's going on with pharmacies? Green mask, everybody's obsessed. Or this red lipstick. Do you look at beauty trends or you don't? You're looking more at scale. I, I do try to learn as much as I can about particular brands, why they exist and what's going on with them. Because I do think once in a while you'll you'll see something before other people and that makes me move a lot faster to get behind a brand. I'm trying to think of an example of that, but I think we were very early on into Olaplex as an example because that was mm. a product that we truly believed in and we believed that that product would do extremely well in Asia. So that was a brand that you know we jumped on very early on to help build that. Why did, why did you think it was going to do so well in Asia? You know, I think shampoo generally... I think if you think back three or four years ago, there was a a movement in higher end shampoo, um, prestige shampoo. So in Asia, you know, the majority of people in Asia would 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 use you know traditional mass market shampoo, but there wasn't a really an opportunity of, of brands that really spoke to that you know that twenty to thirty dollar customer who was willing to spend more. But also a lot of um, shampoos have a lot of strong fragrances, which Olaplex doesn't. And it was very, and it had a scientific, you know, efficacy around its bonding treatment, which really played well for, you know, um, Asian hair. Um, So when we tested it through the due diligence process with our, our, you know, our focus groups, it was one of the brands that came back with a resounding, you know, yes, yes, yes from everyone. And it continues to do super well. You know, recently have gone through our equivalent of Black Friday in in China and it's done extremely well. So, you know, it continues to be an outperformer and we're always looking for brands that we can get behind early to to help build in that market. I wanted to ask what one country do you think, or is there any one country that drives global beauty trends? I think the... You know, traditionally it was Korea, as everyone knows, but that Korea has obviously had its issues over the last couple of years. And and in fact, it continues to decline. I would say the U.S. is by far, in my view, the most innovative. I mean, I think if you can look at the U.S. compared to Europe in terms of the number of new brands launching every month, there's no second place. And if it is, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a distant second place. Like, I mean, the number of brands that we see come across our desk, uh, I would probably get, we have probably 2,000 brands in our pipeline right now, 2,000 that we were continually monitoring and data searching that, you know, and these brands are, you know, obviously some of them are very small, some are growing. So we have a huge database of brands that we're constantly looking at. But I would say the U.S. Is, is continues to be at the forefront of innovation and branding and testing. This database that you keep of these 2,000 brands, I picture some, you know, small beauty brand owner out there. We have a lot of them among our listenership. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I want to be on that database. I want to be like, you know, how do you decide who those 2,000 are? I mean, any, sales any, only? No, anyone that reaches out to us, we put them into the pipeline. We're always very inquisitive. We're always curious as well because someone out there may have this magic formula that we that really is exciting. I think the advice we give to brands out there who are small is that, you know, entering into a new market is expensive and even more expensive these days given the marketing costs. So, you know, just make sure you're prepared for that 
for that um, market entry. Typically, when we talk to a brand entering the China market, we we generally recommend they should be doing between twenty five to fifty million US dollars in their home domestic market in revenue, because I think that kind of size generally means that they have the infrastructure to support a global rollout expansion strategy. Many brands are you know moving very quickly to that and, and beyond, but I think for us it's just making sure that the brand. Is comfortable with that kind of, you know, it's it's expensive to to enter these markets. Um, you know, for and for some time, it it can take one or two years before you start to to reap the the rewards from from that global expansion. I'm just thinking, okay, you're super ordinary. You're working this way. What about ordinary Supra? Super? Would you ever bring brands that are only available in Asian countries to the U.S. market or other mar- markets? Like, is there a reverse to this? <laughs> That's a great question. So, you know, I think that it's, we're starting to see more and more Asian brands come to us to enter the U.S. market. We've, we launched one called Sunny's Face from the Philippines. It's a color cosmetics brand. Love Sunny's Face. We're familiar. Yeah. So we, yeah. We, we launched that brand in the U.S. Um, about a year ago. We managed them in, in China, in Southeast Asia. And, the, and, you know, they won an award and the Allure, um, an Allure Award for, the, for matte lipstick recently. So, yeah, so that was our first foray into bringing, you know, a brand from the East to the West. I just think about, too, because we get word because we're beauty experts, maybe from Stylevana. I don't understand how they have all these brands from Asia that, like, no other distributor has. But, like, mm. there'll be these hot products mm. and, you know, people in other countries will want them as well. And it, it just might be a way to do that. I'm thinking about sunscreen. I'm being very greedy and personal. This, <laughs> what's, what's, what's your favorite sunscreen Get brand? on that, Julian. <laughs> well, I have a bunch. The one I'm yeah. using right now is Beauty of Joshan. Oh, it's Korean. But it's not readily available in the States. So how did you, how, how did you find out? A guest of ours on the podcast Got it. talked about it. Then I bought it and looking to buy it, the only place I could buy it was Stylevana, but then it was only like nine bucks. So I was like, <laughs> what? For this gorgeous sunscreen that would be $40 at I know, I know. I mean, we're just launching a, an Australian sunscreen called Naked Sundays. So that's another Love one. Naked Sundays. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's so much coming out of these markets that are interesting. And and look, the products are, are good. Like the products are being formulated and, and made in, in countries where... SPF is really, really important. Um, Australia has probably the, one of the highest rates of skin cancer in the world per capita. So, you know, you get products yeah. from like these different markets, which are certainly, you know, very, very, you know, very great formulations. I hope I've planted a seed for Ordinary Super. Okay, continue. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. So what's next for Super Ordinary? Like, are you going to expand into different markets, like different global markets? What are you thinking about? So our focus for the immediate future is to really build a closer relationship with the creators who are promoting our products to the the fans. It's a really big focus for the whole company. We're based in Los Angeles where everyone who you walk past tells you they're a creator these days. And (laughs) so it's, you know, and I think the whole entertainment industry has been turned upside down because everyone now is focused on the creator economy. So our focus is working with these creators to help them sell products to their their consumers and to their fans. And we're going to be doing that through building out software solutions for them 
And our hope is to become known for being the companies that help brands get to global consumers by working with these creators. So we'll be launching next week. We'll be making an announcement about a platform called Gala Gala. You can have a look at it online in, in about a week's time. Gala Gala. com, And that's going to be a platform for everyone to can set up their creator store and basically link it to any one of their social platforms. We will pay you, pay you on the number of views you create on your content. Plus, we'll give you a commission on any of the products that you sell. Do your sons want to be on the platform? Are your sons creators? Uh, my oldest son's a DJ. He's a 17-year-old DJ. And I will make all of them on the on the platform. So yeah, to you know your children. <laughs> so that's an endorsement. Okay. If your kids yeah. are on it, okay. I will, I, I will make sure on. I'll be on it. Yeah, everyone hop on. So we're really excited about that because that's I think awesome. um we really want to give the opportunity for people who buy products, they can make some money back from promoting products as well. So, you know, you've you've heard it here first. I haven't we haven't made the announcement yet, so I'm happy to give you guys this. <laughs> and are you talking to to our our friends out there, our listeners who are like on TikTok and have a thousand followers? Are they allowed to go on Gala Gala? Everyone, everyone. So my view is that everyone should be able to. Because they can make the next Peter Thomas Roth under eye viral video. You know, you never well, you, know who it's going to be. You saw that, and I remember speaking to the PTR guys about that video. I'm just like, who? How did you do it? And it just is by chance. And I think that's that's what's so magical about. Oh, they what, didn't do it. That's why it's so lovely because you yeah. knew that it wasn't like a paid for thing. It felt so genuine, you know. Exactly, and that lady that did it, I mean, she got pinged by so many people straight after that. And I mean, whenever I think everyone watched that video, and I'm not sure how many millions of views that it got, but you could be sure that that skew was sold out immediately. And I think that's what's so magical about what we get to do with Gala Gala is to really encourage people that, you know, you can have your, you know, your, your time in the spotlight by putting, you know, creating content for a product. Don't you feel like the new kind of moment right now with like the creator economy is less like one person, maybe this is kind of what you're saying, but let one person is creating this like mega platform within themselves, but and more like now it's like catching lightning in a bottle. It's like one person gets the spotlight for a second. Yeah. Or then rather than one person is just killing it with like, you know, a million followers. A hundred percent agree. I mean, I think the world has changed. So it's very fragmented now. And now everyone can be a part of this economy rather than the very few that are represented by agencies and things like that. And and remember, one of the statistics I read was that 90% of creators make their money from a brand deal. What Gala Gala does was is it allows everyone to have a brand deal because we work with hundreds of brands and you can find them on Gala Gala um, and there's your brand deal because you can buy the product, you can promote so it. So this woman, before she had made this video, she had gone on Gala Gala. She's like, listen, I'm going to make this video anyway. Let me just sign up for Gala Gala, link it with the PTR. Now I'm going to make my video. I don't mean to sell it, but just in case this happens to go viral. Is that what you're aiming to do? Well, someone's got, you got to pay for your Augustine's barter somehow. It's not cheap. Who stands to lose with this new model? Is it the, the influencers who thought they were top bananas or is it like other retail? Like, like, this is exciting. I think if I were 
somebody who loves beauty and I'm like dying for my, my chance in the spotlight. I want 200 bucks to buy that bot or like, you know, that this is exciting, but who in this new creator economy in this new, this new moment we're talking about who stands to lose traditional retailers could potentially lose out because this is a new channel for the creator to buy to, mm -hmm. you know, the traditional mm -hmm. retail, multi-brand retailers. I think the brands will stand to win because they will have a new channel for their sales force. And they guess what? They're getting all this UGC content created around their yeah. brands. And, and More, guess what? A bigger you know, army. Yeah. Way. And can you imagine if you're PTR and all of a sudden every month you're getting 5,000 pieces of content being created around that eye mask and 20% of them go viral? I mean, that that's like the marketer's dream. And, and, and we really want to yeah, solve for yeah. that problem. Um, and, you know, we thought long and hard for the last 12 months about this, you know, the biggest problem for brands is to get awareness at a, at a, at a price that makes sense. And also it's, it helps, you know, these, the younger creators to say, guess what? You know, I really endorse this product. I really love it and I'm going to promote it. And it, you can do it in a, in a very authentic way. It doesn't have to be like buy this and, you know, I'll get paid. It's, it's just all you have to do is hashtag gala gala and then we will follow you around the internet and we'll pay you on the views that you create. And gala gala only partners with, this is probably obvious, but like the super ordinary brands, right? You know, we're launching next week. We've already signed on about 50 brands. We look to grow that to oh. over, a couple, over a couple hundred brands in the very, very near future. Very, very exciting for the brands out there to please reach out to us. When you go to galagala.com, you can see and um, we, will, we'll, we will go back to you and, and, and sign you on. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. Very cool. Our listeners will be, a lot of them work at brands and, and a lot of them are creators. Yeah, this is like major major news. It, it is major news. I'm surprised Crap. I news. Wow, this is major <laughs> news. You guys get the scoop. I mean, it's something that we've been working on for a long time. Yeah, this is enormous. Because we think there's, we're solving a huge problem. And the biggest problem is, you know, brand awareness and finding that customer. And we're getting creators to use the audiences across all their platforms rather than saying, just follow me here. But also they're encouraged to get more views. So um, the more views they get, the more they get paid, the more transactions that, get, that go directly back to the brand. And the brand gets to keep the customer information. We don't we don't hold it. We let you. We let the brands retarget that customer. We give them the email addresses. So for that, for the brand, it's a really important tool. You know, if you if they're selling through to a traditional retailer, they would never know who that customer is. Whereas through us, we give you the customer mm -hmm. back to the back to the back to the brand. Well, before we let you go, at the end of every one of our podcasts, we do a little speed interview. Are you are you up for it, Julian? Sure, let's do it. It's quick. Friday it's afternoon. Quick. Okay, ready? Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you travel a lot. What is your favorite luggage? I have a Tumi small little backpack that I use. Travel light. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite airplane snack? I do love Doritos. I'm a, it's my biggest guilty pleasure. I will have a bag of Doritos every time I get on the plane. Which flavor? Uh, nacho cheese. Not <laughs> Cool Ranch. I know everyone says Cool Ranch, but I'm I'm, a, I'm traditional. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> All right, I'm shifting gears. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? You know, this is something that I say to my kids is, is two things. One, life is short. And the second thing is don't ever care what other people think of you. Someone's told me that and I always repeat that to myself and to my children because I think if you can live by those two rules in your life, 
everything's just going to be fine. That's really good. And worst advice you've ever gotten? A lot of people on this call would disagree with me, is which is like fail and fail again and learn and fail. I just feel like that's something that's always been told to me and I've I've always disagreed with it. Like just really, I know failure is an important part of everything, but, you know, people try and promote it to something that I've just always disagreed with. I think you just, you always go for it. <laughs> Jillian's like, that's what the losers say. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, okay, when people say, but when people say fail, fail again, well, first of all, I've only read that. No one's actually said that to me personally. Like, aren't they yeah. saying like, just isn't, isn't there, aren't they kind of just saying go for it? Like if you fail. Life is short. Yeah. In a way it's life is short. I, I yeah. never interpret it as somebody saying like, you should try to do badly. I know. Well, no, but sometimes I, I think it's, I don't know. Sometimes I interpret it that way. There's like, it's so encouraged. Like there's so many books and the F word, you know, failure, like, and I, I you yeah. know, I, I get it, I get it, but, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm half class, you know, full, it's no, no, you can go for it, just go for it, and that's what, I'm more like, I don't know, if F like to make me it is good. always the, yeah, <laughs> make it good, exactly. I like your positivity. Okay, and then finally, what is the business you admire most? Business I admire most, well, I have to say, it's not just the business, I've got an identical twin brother who works in e-commerce and I admire him the most because he, you know, we're both, you know, doing two different things and he's, he runs a company. I'm going to plug him. He has a company called Watchbox that sends, sells watches. And, you know, I've just always admired him for his persistence. And, you know, you know, we're in our late forties and we're, we're, we're doing the whole entrepreneur thing. And it's, it's always been great just to watch someone who's exactly the same DNA do it at exactly the same time. So, you know, very That's much so cool. a, a big admirer of him. Awesome. Unless he fails, then you're just Unless he fails, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'm, put, then, I'm put, then I'm putting him on Gala Gala. He's <laughs> <laughs> your first sign up. Oh, yeah. yeah, first sign up, yeah. So. This was real informative. I, I have a lot to think about, Julian. Thanks oh my for gosh, on, yeah. on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm really nice meeting you both. And this is great. Yeah, I hope I hope. Yeah, certainly, you know, once we launch Gala Gala, I'd love to, you know, get back on the on, on the show and again and talk you through what we've learned. Yeah, this is really great. Thank this you. This is awesome. Thank you so great. much. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at Fat Mascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. 